be here this morning. A privilege to always be in church, isn't it? Whether you're here or there. I brought my friend with me. It's actually my grandpa. How many of you have seen my grandpa before? Okay, a couple of you. Let's see if he comes out. Hey, grandpa, it's time to wake up. Is this Awana? No, this isn't Awana. What is it? Oh, this is, this is church. It's Sunday morning. Uh-oh, what's the matter? I forgot my clothes. Well, you got clothes on. Yeah, but these are the wrong ones. These are the wrong ones? Yeah. I didn't have time to get my good ones on. It's all right. Come here. Ooh, what's happening to your foot and your arm? <sighs> get me fixed up. I'm scared. It's all right. Come on out here and say, guys. Boy, what's the matter? Is this for me? Yeah, this is for you. Oh, good. That way they can hear you. Straighten right up. Let's get your feet turned around here and get you all set. This is Sunday morning church. Uh-oh. What's the matter? Get that arm. Okay, I'll get that arm. <laughs> Look at all these old people. There's old people? What's, what's so unique about that, Grandpa? Well, they grew up. Who grew up? Last time I was here, they all had vests and patches on. No, that was Awana. And that's the younger group. Is this the old group? Yeah, they've all gotten older, but you be careful because I understand you're kind of old too. Watch it. Watch what? Watch the fact that I'm old. Watch the fact that you're old. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to point that out. Hey, be nice. I had a rough week. Well, I think a lot of people had a rough week. Well, look at these people looking at me. Why are they looking at you? Because I don't know. This is probably my first time. Your, your first time here? Yeah. You know what? I don't think you need to be scared. Some of them don't look like they've ever seen a dummy. Well, probably not on Sunday morning. Wait. What? I think some dummies come to church on Sunday. Yeah, some, some might. But you're probably the first time they've ever seen one on a Sunday morning. Do you think it's okay? Well, we're just trying out for the second service. Yeah, and then what are you going to do? We'll fix anything we mess up. Okay, we'll fix anything you mess up the second time around. It's great to have a second chance. You had a second chance a few times? Yeah, I did this week. You had a second chance this week? Yeah, but it was rough. You had a rough week? Yeah. Well, you want to tell everybody about it? No, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Tell me about your week. It happened at Walmart. It happened at Walmart again? There's some interesting people at Walmart. Are you one of those people from Walmart? Yep, you are. What happened? Just tell us. It's okay. Everybody has, everybody has things that they're ashamed of. It, it's not me. What did you do? Well, I got in my car after I shopped. After you shopped, put my groceries in. You put your groceries in. But the key wouldn't go in. The key wouldn't go in? No. So what did you do? Well, I took a hammer and I pushed it in. You pushed the key in. Then what? Well, I tried to jam it down in gear. You tried to jam it down in gear. Then what happened? Well, I kept trying for a long time. You did? Yeah, until some guy came yelling at me to get out of his car. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, what did you do at Walmart? Well, I got these new shoes. I see that. You didn't have those for Awana, did you? Do I have to tell them where I got them? You don't have to tell them if you don't want to. Why not? Well, you can tell them. You want to tell the kids or the adults here where you got your shoes? Walmart. That's what you were up there doing, Walmart? That's okay. Yeah, but it's where I got them. It's where you got them. Where in Walmart did you get them? Can you guess? 
toddler section. Toddler section, it's okay. Grandpa, I've been short all of my life. I've shopped in that section before. You buy them there too? No, I didn't buy those there. Those are given to me by my dad. Oh boy. Well, tell me, hey, hey what? If this is Sunday, it is Sunday, and this is Sunday morning church, I thought maybe some people needed some cheering up. I know there are days we all feel like you. No, you don't. You have no idea what it's like to be 90. I don't. Well, why not? Because I'm about twice your age. I'm twice your age. Yeah, and you don't know how it feels. I'm sorry, Grandpa. You want to show me what you're going to look like at 90? I'll show you. You want to show me? What am I going to look like at 90? You ain't going to look this good. I'm not? Why not? Because you already lost your hair. I know that. And you know what else? You're going to look like this. What are you, not in front of everybody here, are you? <sighs> Grandpa, that's terrible. Come on, fix it. <sighs> that's better. All right, better now? Okay. So this is Sunday, so we're, we're talking this morning about Jesus being the gate. Have you ever heard of a gate? Yeah, I've got a cattle gate. You got a cattle gate. I see you have your farm clothes on today. Do you think they're going to be mad? I don't think so. I think you'll be okay. But, you know, are you going to tell them? What am I going to tell them? Your secret. Grandpa, I don't, I don't have any secrets. Everybody does. <laughs> <sighs> secrets. What are the secrets? Do you want to, okay, I'll let you tell them two secrets about me that are personal things. Can you do that? You're going to tell them two things that you know about me. Yeah, two secrets. All right. He still colors and plays with dolls. Yes, I do. I know. I still color and play with dolls. What else do I do? You can tell him one more about me. He talks to himself. I talk to myself. And what's worse? What's worse? He answers back. I answer back. Ooh, you got me at that one. You got me at that one. You know, I actually grew up in this church a long time ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. No, well, it seems like a long time for me. You just wait. Grandpa. So you're quite old. You got these new clothes. Grandpa. Grandpa, come on. It's church time. Come on, wake up. Whoa! Oh, sorry, I forgot I was up here. I thought I was back there. What do you, you're usually back there? Yeah. What do you do back there? I sleep. Don't tell Pastor Jeff what you do back there. That's terrible. Well, you know, I want to do my drawing, and I don't want anybody to fall asleep during our program, do you? No. Well, you better be good, okay? So we actually really need each other in church. That's why we come to church. Well, I know. It's harder to get here every week. I know. But you know, we come to church, not just to worship Jesus, but because we kind of need each other. I need encouragement, do you? Yeah, sometimes. And when you don't need encouragement, you can give encouragement. It's important, isn't it? And of course it is. Plus we worship God. So today it's gonna to be talking about gate. Tell us about your gates at your farm. What do they do? Well, they keep me out of the pen. They keep you out. Yeah, they also keep the animals in. Well, that's good. So is that why you got these clothes on? Yeah, but there's a problem. There's a problem. These are my farming clothes. What's wrong with farming clothes? Well, when you put me in the suitcase after I cleaned the hog pen, I get my nose right down there like this. I promise not to do that again. Is that okay? Yeah, just be nice because it's old and I've had a rough week. You know, that's why it's so nice, Grandpa. It's so important to be nice to everybody. Why? Why? Because we're all old? No, because, because when you go through life, life can be so difficult at times, you always be nice to everybody. Why? Because you just never know what that person might be going through. And so loving like Jesus means we love everybody. Really? Huh. Even the bad people? Yeah, everybody. Jesus said, 
if you love me, I want you to love like other people, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you love God, you should love your neighbor too. Oh boy. That's a big tall order, isn't it? But that's what makes Christianity different from every other form of religion on earth is Jesus taught us to love our enemies. Oh boy. That's tough, isn't it? Yeah, that's awful. Well, it's good because that, that shows people that we are followers of Jesus when we love one another. Hey, what? Would you stop? What do you want me to do? Stop putting words in my mouth. <laughs> Grandpa, this is a team effort. We need each other. Well, I can do this without you. No, you can't. I need you and you need me. Nope. Yep. Well, you can try it if you like. Yeah, I'll try it. What do you want to try to do? I want to try to do this without you. It's not going to work. I'm scared. That's because you need me. I guess so. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're going to get on with the chalk drawing here and the message this morning. Please don't. What? Because I don't want to be in that suitcase. It's okay. I know it's hard on your back, but I'll try and lay you out straight. Is that okay? Okay. All right, it's time to go. You can sleep in there while I draw. Good, I do anyway. All right, that's good, Grandpa. Let's put you away. This morning we have our scripture from John 10. It's John 10, 7 through 16. We're going to put it up on, if you could stand, give you a minute to find it. And we'll put it on the screen this morning as well. Jesus is speaking here. And this is the parable of the shepherd. For those of you who don't know from John chapter 10, verse 7. It says this. Therefore, Jesus said again, let's read together, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray that you would meet each person's need today and encourage them in a special way. And we thank you for this opportunity to be together and study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. In modern America, we seem to be very far removed from the methods of farming. Now, just for a show of hands, to go back to a generation or two ago, how many of you grew up on a farm? 
Can I see your hand? Hold it up nice and high. And this is with at least more than a farm, one, at least one farm animal. Let's see your hands again. At least one farm animal. Dogs and cats don't count. Gerbils, mice, and snakes do not. All right, hands down. All right, thank you. So those of you that grew up on a farm know that we've seen a vanishing of small farms in our country, haven't we? I mean, uh, go back 7,500 years ago, even 50 years ago, it was a lot of farms. Everybody had chickens, they had goats, they had cows. And so people were familiar with things like this. Hog pen, slot bucket, fence, gate, scarecrow, hoe, shovel, rake, planter, tractor, hay baler, and thrashing machine, and on and on and on it goes. Now, people, you have to kind of help them a bit. The same thing is true with this scripture we have this morning, where Jesus said, I am the gate. And you think, why would Jesus say I'm the gate? Well, it used to make a lot more sense. People who grew up in farming, they know what that gate was for and how it was used. And there was some understanding. So I have to kind of help modern people like myself and like you understand this morning what it means when Jesus said, I am the gate. So he's definitely talking about farming, isn't he? Because we find this opening, therefore Jesus, he's speaking. If you find this in your Bibles, you'll find that it's written in red. If you have a red letter edition, that this is Jesus speaking. He said, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, if you go to the Middle East, you'll find that the ancient fathers developed a way of, of raising these sheep that's different from modern farming. And the, the traditions have been passed down for thousands of years. There are still portions of the Middle East today where you'll find shepherds. How many of you have ever seen a real live shepherd in the Middle East? Okay, so you understand. They're not uh, wimpy people or rugged. They're tough. They dwell outside. And it's interesting that it was this very type of people that the angels chose to make the announcement first that Jesus was born was to the shepherds. They were kind of long down on the list in society because they came into town for a bath and a shower and a shave about once a month and maybe something to eat. They carried a staff and they were rugged individuals. And their traditions were passed down from their father. In fact, if you were gonna get some sheep, the dad would look at his boys and pick a good, strong son who was respectful, could handle responsibility, and was strong. Because when you take your wealth and put it in the hands of a, of a child, what happens? <laughs> it can be scary. So the dad looks for the wealth is in the animals and the herds and the flocks. If you look at through the great people of the Bible, it lists how many heads of cattle they had and how many sheep and how many donkeys and how many cows. And you go, what was that all about? That's currency back then. He had lots of stuff. Job in the Bible had all kinds of things. Then he had seven kids as well from the first batch. So I mean, talk about wealth is managed by, it was determined by the amount of and herds a person had. So the father would look to the son and he'd pick a boy and he'd say, I think you're going to be the best shepherd I got. In the case of the greatest king that Israel ever had, that was King David. He was trained to be a king by being a shepherd first. He said, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but when you start thinking about it, sometimes people are like sheep. When God was 
uh, punishing Israel for the sins. David pled with God and said, don't, just don't, these are sheep. He referred to the people as sheep. Because sheep, they need direction and they need someone to love them and they need someone to care for them and they're born with needs. I had a lady call me a week ago. She said, do you know anybody that can shear sheep? Apparently she thinks I knew. I have no idea. I haven't had sheep since I was 12 years old, so I don't know anymore. But she said he hasn't been sheared in two years and he's so big, she goes, it's gonna get warm and he'll probably die from the heat. I mean, he was huge, she said. But apparently, I, I didn't know, I, she asked me about that, but anyway, I, I'm not into sheep shearing, so I tried to help her. But the point being is sheep have needs. And you don't appreciate that till you have a child and your, and your first child. And you think, oh, this is great to be a parent. Oh, up all night, change diapers, and feed them, and rock them, and the list goes on. So you understand real early that people have needs, constant needs. The sheep has constant needs. So the father would look at his son, he'd say, I'm going to give you this job for the sheep. You need to arm yourself. So in the case back then, they were given a sling and a staff. I'd give my boy, if he, had one, if he was going to be a shepherd, I'd give him a shotgun. But they didn't have that back then, so they had staffs and slings. David became the great warrior and great king. And you remember, he killed Goliath, right? How did he get practice for that? While he was in the field with the sheep. And he found out one day, I can hit the knot on that tree with this slingshot. This is so cool. Then one day a bear came in and he killed the bear. Another day a lion came in, he smoked the lion with the slingshot. And one day he went to visit his brothers in King Saul's army. That giant out there, I'll, 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 I'll hit him with this rock. Right. But you all know the story. David was a shepherd boy, then he was warrior, and he killed Goliath with a slingshot. Just a simple shepherd's tool. So the father would look at his son, and he'd say, now you're going to have to kind of act like a sheep, think like a sheep, and do like a sheep, but you're going to be there. Everything is going to be wrapped up in those sheep. It sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? I mean, you got brothers in the army and you get to chase sheep all day. Not good. This, come on, really? But the, the boy would look at his father and say, Dad, I will do anything for those sheep not to disappoint you because I love you. And I'll do whatever you say. And I'm willing to chase after a lion or a bear to protect my sheep. I'm going to train some of them to follow me, understand my voice, so that they come and they'll trust me for their food. And then the boy would go out and he would begin to construct a wall uh, or a, an area for the sheep, like a sheep pen. You say, what's that for? Well, first off, he would look for what the area afforded. If there's a cave, he'll use a cave. If not, he'll use sticks, logs, a narrow spot in a rocky area. And this is a place where the sheep go at night for protection. It's not where they graze, it's where they go at night. By the way, the enemy to the sheep does damage to the sheep in the night. The enemies of the sheep do most of their damage in the evening. And so the shepherd constructs this wall out of natural elements, whatever they may be, where they go in at night when they're the most vulnerable and lay down and sleep. It's a place of rest. Wouldn't you like that? It's a bed with walls around it. This is good. 
it's a safe place to sleep. And there is no opening in that, in that opening there. There's no wall, there's no gate, there's no door, okay? And this opening in the wall is where the shepherd will himself bed down at night so that nothing can go out and nothing can come in without the knowledge of the shepherd. You understand? One of the hardest things I had to figure out in my Christian walk was, why do bad things happen to good people? Why? Big question. Because if I'm in the fold and I've given my life to Jesus, then why are there things that come into my life or happen that are outside of my control that I can't explain? And this scripture helped me understand the knowledge of the gate is that while things may come and go in through that gate, nothing ever gets by the shepherd without his knowledge. Okay, would you agree? Nothing can ever get by that gate without the shepherd's knowledge. So whether or not he gives permission, it happens, but things happen. And folks, as long as we're in a world of sin, bad things will happen to good people. And it isn't until Revelation we read that there will come a time where God will wipe all tears from our eyes because we have suffering and we have disease and we have, we have family struggles, we have relationship challenges. Things happen and it's not the, the uh, fault of the gatekeeper, but the gatekeeper, you must understand, understands and knows what goes through there at all times. But there are many enemies to the sheep. There's the bears, the wolves, and the lions. Each one of those symbolize something different in the Bible as far as the sheep go. The lion, the Bible tells us the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he can be friends with, right? No. He seeks who he may devour. That means kill, eat, chew up, digest, and assimilate the entire thing. He wants it all. He doesn't want you dead. He wants you gone, annihilated, because you kind of remind him of God because you were made in his image. So he despises the very way you even look. So there's the enemy of the lion. Then there's the bears. I remember the story of Elijah. I remember when the bears came out and made fun of him. And the kids came out and made fun of him. The bear came and, and killed them all. So bears kind of come in there. They, don't, they can come in and kill two or three and they're big and they overpower a sheep. Bears are, I don't know if you like bears, they're not always cute and cuddly. But then there's also wolves. Wolves are false doctrine and belief systems that can mess you up. If you believe the wrong things about God, yourself, or others, maybe somebody told you something that wasn't true, that you believe it's a lie, that's like a wolf that can destroy you. And Paul warned his followers that after he left, there would be grievous wolves come in that would prey on the flock. And the crazy thing about sheep is, is that there is no form of defense in the sheep. Their horns, which some still have, are usually bred out of them or they're burned off. So they have no way to defend themselves. So the father would look at his son and tell him, I want you to sleep out there. I want you to be brave. I want you to watch out for my sheep because they're my most prized possession. One day, another father came to his son, said, I know it sounds crazy, 
but I have these sheep and I need you, they'll be yours. But you're gonna to have to go down to where they are. In fact, I, it's like stooping to the bare bottom, way down here, because they're selfish, they lie, they steal, they kill each other, and they disobey me. They don't follow me anymore, and it's an awful place. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you if you'd go down there, and I'm gonna give those sheep to you if you'll shepherd them. And first thing I'm gonna have to do is be born in a manger in a barn. And you're gonna have to live among them, show them how to live, and then secure their redemption by dying for them on a cross. And Jesus said, yes, sir. I'll go. And he came, and we find these words. Jesus said, very truly, verse seven, I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who've come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will go in and out and find pasture. The sheep goes out each day, and as he eats, uh, he actually has multiple stomachs, and he digests his food and then eats heavily in the morning, and then by afternoon he'll lay down and mull it all over and cough it back up and eat it again. You say, that's disgusting. That's kind of what God wants us to do with his word, that as we read his word, we digest it, and we think about it, and we live off it throughout the week and, and, and keep going on it. But the sheep also can't, they're kind of stupid, really, in ways. I, I, I say that carefully because a lady once told me, she said, I'm not stupid like a sheep. I'm just not. Don't liken me to a sheep. I felt like saying, well, I didn't. God did, so sorry about your luck. I was very kind. But the sheep will, doesn't like moving water. For some reason, they feel like they're going to fall in, so they like still water, either a bucket, a trough, or a puddle. And so the shepherd will test the water before he ever gives it to the sheep. They say, how does he do that? Very simple. That back in the old days, the shepherd boy would drink the water first to see if it was good for the sheep. And if he had stomach trouble that day, that's well, probably not the best spot. See, that's what Jesus did when he tasted death for every man. We don't have to be afraid. Remember what Jesus said when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That cup he had to drink first. And then the sheep drank. We don't have to be afraid to die anymore because Jesus secured our place in heaven. And once we make that relationship with him, we don't have to be afraid to drink that cup of death anymore. But then the shepherd will put a thorny wall sometimes across the top of the wall because sometimes the enemies, they know if they cannot go through the wall, they will go over the wall. And so he puts thorns across the top of the wall. And the purpose of walls, are you giving walls for your kids, right? Any good parent will tell your child, I don't want you out after 10 o'clock, or maybe you had curfew at your house. Maybe there are rules. The wall is not there to keep the sheep in, is it? No. The purpose of the wall is not to keep the sheep in, it is to keep the enemies out. And when you tell your child, don't play in the street, car might hit you. When they're young, they don't need a lot of explanation. You just don't do it. When they get older, isn't it funny how they want to know why? Did your kids ask why? 
I got two in that stage right now. Why, Dad? So you have to kind of tell them, you know, because I want them to grow up and know why we don't do certain things. Not just that we don't, but we don't because walls are there for your protection. Not to keep you in, to confine you, but to give you safety. So the sheep then embraces the protection that the wall affords and embraces its protection and they sleep against it at night. Then it says that the shepherd gives his life for the sheep. We know that Jesus did that for us. This is a parable that Jesus is giving and down the road, not too far away, he's going to give his life. And by the way, he's giving his life. What does that mean when somebody gives their life for someone else? Well, if you spend a lot of time with someone you really love, you can give years as a caregiver, can't you, to someone you love that needs your care. That's giving your life for somebody. Giving up what you want to do in your life for someone else. Jesus gave us 33 and a half years on this life for us. And then he was tortured and brutally murdered on a cross. He gave his life, his lifespan, and then he ultimately gave his life for us. You see, the sheep has all kinds of needs. And isn't it wonderful that we can give to people that we love that are other sheep that need us? But I've decided real early that giving is important because people have all kinds of needs, don't they? But it's interesting that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and he goes through and lists everything that he does for his sheep as he gives his life for them. Now, some of you, when you got married, you thought, well, this is, this is going to be great. I'm going to have a husband take care of me, or I'm going to have a wife to take care of me. But let me tell you something. Only Jesus can meet all of your needs. He's the only one that's a good shepherd. And by the way, there's no place in the Bible where you'll see where, where anybody else other than him is supposed to be the good shepherd. I've relied on people in the past. Have you? This is your show of hands. You rely on other people. All right? It's okay, but have you been let down trying that before? Yeah. We've all been let down by other people. But folks, the good shepherd never lets us down. And he's the only one that can meet all your needs. I'm sorry, your wife can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Pastor can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. I got customers that think I can do everything for them, and I can't. I'm really sorry to tell them. I'll try, but I can't. I can't do it all for them. I want to, but I can't. You can't. You'll wear yourself out doing it for someone else. So folks, Jesus is the only one that can meet all of your needs. You say, how does he do that? Well, he gives us peace in our heart. That's a good thing. He gives us a home in heaven. But in the meanwhile, look, at, look ahead here a little bit. Let me show you something. I am the good shepherd, he says. I lay down my life for the sheep. He also says, other sheep I have, verse 16, which are not of this pen. I must bring them also, and there will be one fold and one shepherd. There's not any other way. But, but when Jesus is my good shepherd, he wants me to not just have life and a home in heaven. He wants me to have a good life. He wants to help me through my life. Did you know that? That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd helps you with little things. You got a scratch, he wants to put balm on it. You have a thorn in your side, he wants to take that away. Do you have a thorn this morning? The shepherd wants to take that out. 
And he says, I am come that they might have life, the King James says, and they might have it more abundantly. I want you to have an abundant life, not just exist. I mean, go out there and just eat grass and drink water and sleep. The sheep develop a relationship with the shepherd and they follow him, they hear his voice, the text says, and they do what he says. So everything is taken care of when they walk with the shepherd. How about Psalm 23? The greatest psalm ever written. Used at funerals and weddings. And it's memorized by all the little children. All of those blessings in Psalm 23 are for those who are with the shepherd. Did you ever notice that? The Lord is my shepherd. That's the first line, isn't it? Everything else in there, all the way to the bottom, is benefits of having him as your shepherd. Look at it for a moment. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm going to use the King James of that because that's how I memorized it. The Lord is my shepherd. The first thing is I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, restores my soul, leads me in the paths of righteousness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And when that's over, what does he say? I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to think this morning during our chalk drawing time as we have Andy and the worship team come. Let me ask you this. For the good shepherd, let me ask you, if he is your good shepherd, that's the first question. Do you know Jesus? Is there a time and a place when you gave your life to Jesus? You turned from your sin and followed Christ. That's the most important. But then secondly, do you walk with the shepherd? I am here to say this morning, I'm afraid that too many of us are carrying burdens that Jesus has been wanting to take for a long time. But we just don't give it to him. As the good shepherd, he is the gate. He is the gate. He controls what, what, what happens, what goes out, and what comes in. Sometimes he lets things in that we don't understand. But he is the gate. And he's the only way in, and he's the only way out. And when you have burdens, Jesus wants to take them. And I, and I think the Bible's very clear that as our shepherd, he wants to take, take our burdens. And I trust you'll give them to him. Because I don't believe for one minute that God wants us to carry burdens that he intended to carry for us. Because he is a good shepherd, which we'll talk about next week. That's on the menu next week. But because he's the gate, think about that for a moment. He, if he is the gate, he's controlling, he wants to take control of each decision of your life. And think about this. There's been all kinds of doors open in your life, haven't there? Some you've walked through. Some have slammed in your face. But Jesus led you all the way through one door and another door to be where you are here today. And you've had all kinds of doors. God is the only one that opens and closes opportunities in your life. I've seen people miss some. I've missed some good opportunities. But he's the one that opens and closes doors. Do you need a way out this morning? How many say, Matt, I'll be honest, I need a way out. Jesus is the way out. He's the gate. And so if you want to get out this morning of the situation you're in, 
Ask God to give you direction on how to get out. He'll tell you. He will tell you. Because there's so much, if you're not communicating with Jesus like Psalm 23, you may not find the way out. But ask the good shepherd, God, I really want out of this spot in my life. Ask God to give you a door, a place out. Maybe you want to get in to an opportunity. <clears throat> ask Jesus to open the gate for you, and he will. Folks, as we explore the next couple weeks of Jesus is the good shepherd, I hope you'll study it. There's some really cool stuff in there. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. I am the gate. I'm here for you. I want to meet your needs. I hope you'll let him. You'll never be sorry that you did. Thank you.